0: Greetings. Welcome to Space Court.
1: I thought it'd be a really good idea to include you on the moon call because you are an Aquarius Sun and a Leo rising. And Mm. we're talking about the Leo full moon while we're in the Aquarius season. We'll see what that means. It's full moon, bitch.
2: Space Court. Space Court. Space cord space cord. Space cord, space cord, space cord. space cord, space cord. Space cord, space cord. Space cord.
0: February 9th, 2020. Full moon in Leo. We invite you to join us on this voyage of exploration.
2: Full moon in Leo. So, this full moon is trine Mars.
1: Trines are be, a good thing, right? Trines yes, are like a trines are a good thing. They're a blending. And Mars and. The moon, like they don't get along well. Yeah, but it's a trine,
2: so that's generally true. But it can give like a sense of passion to a moon, mm. um, especially in Leo, which is already you know a Leo moon is already a very passionate moon. Mm. So when it's trine Mars, then that's going to give it that extra you know feeling.
0: We would like to introduce you to Creator of the Astrological Guide, as above, so below. Catherine Diaz, Taurus Sun, Libra Moon, Aquarius Rising. When
2: Mars aspects the Moon, it's very assertive and passionate, and it can be argumentative, moody, you know, these kinds of things. And then a Leo Moon is also very passionate. Um, I like Leo Moons. I would say a Leo Moon is very charismatic, but it's like when you really get to know them, They're not openly charismatic with everyone, but then once they let you in, then they're, you know, very fun, charismatic people to be around.
1: And lots of pride. Do you identify with some of this MC as a Leo rising?
0: We would like to introduce you to a passionate young weaver that does not know much about astrology. Marie-Claire Wintrow. Aquarius Sun. Taurus Moon. Leo rising.
3: Yeah, I think like that's something I am getting to know about myself. I definitely like feel like I fall into the aquarian category with a lot of things, but bringing in that that Leo understanding is a new thing for me where I'm identifying that in my personality. But yeah, that can definitely resonate.
2: Leah, rising people are usually very warm when you meet them.
1: I think that's accurate. I had that experience when I met MC. I met her on Mm -hmm. Maui and she was like traveling with this um, contraption that looked like a large abacus, but it was a loom, which is (laughs) a, a weaving apparatus. Mm -hmm. And she's super passionate. And I was just, yeah, uh, we had a really warm, I think, encounter. Yeah, that was wonderfully
2: silly and (laughs) amazing and synchronistic that we met. Yeah, so good. And Aquarius and Leo, you know, they're opposing signs. So there can be that kind of push-pull with the two. Mm -hmm. That feels real for me right now. Because Leos like a lot of attention. They like to be the center of attention. But Aquarius is way more detached, you know. They're passionate about humanitarian causes, you know, whereas a Leo is just passionate in general. Mm -hmm. But I think because those are the only aspects for the full moon on February 9th. Oh, it does aspect Neptune a little bit. So that's always going to bring some sensitivity um, and a little bit of confusion. In
3: my emotional world right now, I feel like I've been struggling with
2: understanding
3: when to shut off the empathy valve when it comes to like groups or other people in my life, or just even anyone on the street, like it's been difficult trying to navigate what I understand to be an Aquarian trait of wanting to feel for others and feel with others. But then I guess that Leo pull of like wanting to pay attention to myself and want others to pay attention to me, and not getting that response from other people in my life who I'm trying to empathize with. And there's been a definitely like push-pull, emotional, like confusing time, especially
1: I mean this last week.
2: What's your moon sign? I haven't looked at your chart. I guess I could look right now. She's
1: mm. a Taurus moon, I believe. How much of your chart do you know, MC? Just the Aquarian
3: rising. I think my like Venus might be in Capricorn.
1: I don't know. Well, let I don't me look. I'm pretty sure you're, yeah, you're a Taurus moon. So you're- Yeah, I think so too. Oh, so you're all
2: fixed sign.
1: Oh. And if you're Aquarius, Leo, Taurus. What's that mean? That means
2: that when you get your mind made up on something, there's very hard to change it. Change is probably an issue, you know, maybe very set in your ways.
0: We would like to introduce you to astrology student Rachel Villaverde, Cancer Sun, Cancer Moon, Gemini Rising.
1: So there's three signs in a season. So you imagine the seasons of like winter, spring, you know, summer, autumn. And there's a beginning, a middle and an end. And the beginning is the cardinal sign. The middle is the fixed sign, which is like the stabilizer and the one that kind of holds. And then there's the mutable sign, which is the transition from one season into the next. Mm. So when you have all of those planets in a fixed sign, that's what she's meaning with regards to not able to change. Like you may be adaptable in some areas of like, personality and situations, but generally I think your disposition is one that is kind of more stabilizing and like fixed cold. signs
2: preserve change. That's why they're averse to change because they're the fixed signs preserve it. Can you elaborate on that? So Rachel, by the way, I just want to say I'm very impressed with your explanation just now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so,
1: MC, you should know I've been an astrology student via space court. Uh, mm-hmm. Astro Cult is one of my tutors, teachers, guides. And so the fact that I was able to explain that, she she's given me gold stars. And uh, I'm going to just take a moment to bask in that glory because we're talking about the Leo moon. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> elaboration of preserving change. They seem like oxymoronish, right? How do you preserve change if change is an inevitable like motion or movement? How do you actually hold to that? Well,
2: because they're stabilizing.
1: So I guess preservation of change is kind of like the middle. Like You have a beginning, a middle, and an end, and the fixed sign is that middle part. Sure, Mm. it's still moving. It's not a bookend. It's that in-between space. Mm -hmm, uh Does that answer your question, MC?
2: Yeah, that definitely does. But yeah, it is an oxymoron, isn't it?
1: preserve change, huh? It's more of
2: a, you know, a determination and like keeping tradition kind of thing.
1: Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense to you? Like in your own life? I mean, look, she's even resistant to acknowledging this. (laughs) (laughs) She's inquiring. I don't know that there's yeah. I don't know that there's <laughs> resistance. You're really good at asking questions. I find in a lot of our conversations, you just straight up will be very direct in wanting clarification and kind of go deeper. I so, want
2: to know. Yeah. Yeah. The Taurus moon is, I find, even more stubborn than the Taurus sun. Really? Mm-hmm. Which I'm a Taurus sun and I can attest to being you know, <laughs> incredibly stubborn. But you'll even get a lot of Taurus moon people denying that they're stubborn because it's so unconscious.
3: Yeah, I was just about to say, I don't think I'm a stubborn
1: person, but... (laughs) 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 <laughs> well, I beat you. <laughs> Classic sun and moon quarrel. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah. I have a few good friends that have it. And, you know, I encounter that, like, it's such an unconscious resistance. They don't even realize that's what it is. Taurus Sun is just overtly stubborn. And Leo is super stubborn also. I definitely so, have a,
3: a strong idea of, like, how things should be. And that's Aquarius. I stick to sure. that. Yeah. And that can be difficult
2: when things aren't the way I think they should be. Uh Mm. Mm -hmm. That's a struggle. But yeah, I see what you're talking about. So I'm looking at your chart now. So you were talking about like the empathy thing and I'm seeing your Taurus moon is trying Neptune, which is very sweet and very empathic and also trying Venus. Really nice. You probably have a nice relationship with your mom. (laughs) Um,
3: Yes. On the whole, I do.
2: On the whole. Well, it's tricky. I mean, moms are tricky. But these are like really nice moon aspects. Generally speaking, like an Aquarius is very detached um, emotionally. But then when you have like the fiery Leo, that's very opposite. Yeah. I find
3: it very painful to go into intense emotion, Mm -hmm. but I find myself being alive. You have to go there a lot of the time, but I find it really difficult.
2: Oh, yeah. well your North Node, which is like where you're headed in this lifetime, is in Scorpio, so you're actually headed toward feeling in deep intense emotions so that's mm. makes sense that it would be very painful
1: mm-hmm. yeah, but you're probably encountering a lot of opportunities to explore or go to those spaces because it's your north Node
3: yeah, I mean that comes up again and again for me
1: um. Well, another thing we like to do on the moon calls is see where the moon illuminates your chart. So I don't know if you can hear the wind chimes in the back, but rain's Mm -hmm. picking up here. So I feel like it's time to shift the direction. So we look to where the moon is illuminating our personal charts. And the way that you do that, it's based on your rising sign. So for example, my rising is in Gemini, and we're talking about a Leo moon. So because I'm a Gemini rising my first house is where my rising is. So my second house would be Cancer and my third house would be Leo. So this Leo moon would be illuminating my third house. Mm -hmm. So then we look to the third house and kind of see what the third house represents and very likely this very passionate you know, Moon Trine Mars aspect is going to probably affect my third house more than it would any of my other houses. Right. So, for you as a Leo rising, the Moon is going to illuminate your first house because it's a Leo Moon. Mm-hmm. What yeah. does that mean? Right. So, well, let's talk about the first house a little bit.
2: So that's the house of the self. So there could be some like attention drawn to you. Or- ah! I don't know if it would be
1: cue the dog cue the dog barking yeah.
2: seeking attention or if there will be like a focus on you maybe some assertiveness asserting for your needs oh yeah okay yeah mm-hmm.
1: I think one thing to note is that MC's birthday is February 6th and this moon is February 9th so she's yeah. she's definitely going to be in in the spotlight zone
3: yeah getting together some old friends in big sur um coming together to celebrate that i definitely feel that would be the spotlight i've been having to do some work around asserting needs so it's interesting you say that
2: well you have mars and leo so that's a very assertive placement um and it's square pluto so you shouldn't have a problem being assertive (laughs) Mm. (laughs) so yeah that's your highlight
1: so as i was mentioning you know Leo's going to be my third house. So the third house represents like communication and short sojourns, trips. What else is third house? Siblings. Siblings. It could be teaching or learning. Okay. Teaching or learning. (laughs) Mm -hmm. More oxymorons. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
2: Well, so a Gemini is really about like elementary school learning, whereas Sagittarius is like the higher learning, like college. Okay. Um, They're both about teaching and learning, but just like different kind of phases of life. Okay. That makes sense. Gemini would be like an elementary school teacher. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Sagittarius would be like a college professor.
1: I feel like I'm undergoing some major areas to like assert myself more. And it feels like elementary school because it's developing a habit that I'm not used to, which is kind of following my intuition and asserting and giving that a voice, which I generally am just keen to tolerate situations. Yeah, probably over the past week. And I can see that actually moving into the next week as being something that I get stronger at. So. Yeah. Mine Um, is in
2: the um, seventh house.
1: Okay. And seventh house is partnerships, relationship, Mm -hmm. partnerships. So I guess I'll be learning to balance
2: some needs in my relationship or maybe since the full moon is in Leo, which is about romance. could be about giving some romance to my partner, something about that in my relationship.
1: Well, it sounds like it's going to be a good moon, a nice moon. Yeah.
2: Yeah. The last one was super anxiety, Provoking. Mm. There was a lot of. Remember how we were talking about sudden changes? There was a lot. <laughs>
1: Expect the unexpected.
2: Yes, a lot of unexpected things happened.
1: Oh, yeah. Speak of mom relationships, how'd that go down?
2: Everything's fine now.
1: At the time, but it was just uh, It was just
2: very intense for uh, a
1: few days there.
2: That moon really got me.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. We do new moon and full moon discussions. And the last moon, as you may know, was the new moon in Aquarius. And I think it was specifically because it was square Uranus?
2: Square Uranus, yeah.
1: Right. We were talking about trying being a pleasant blending of energies. A square is like a very tense mm-hmm. aspect. So,
3: I definitely felt that and had some intergenerational, like, mother and grandmother drama happen that week. So, I'm curious to know more about. What is the significance of that new moon for us? The one that we just had? Yeah, just I knew and I felt that it was important and I put my bowl of water out on my altar, but I didn't really know intellectually what that meant for us.
1: Well, I mean, new Uh, moons in general are beginnings. You've got two elements happening. I mean, more than two elements, but just talking about the moon and its particular sign, you've got the moon, which goes through eight different cycles and the new moon is regarded in many different cultures as the beginnings and so this is the time to like plant seeds Mm. and they're not actually going to be sown or you're not going to really harvest those seeds until the Aquarius full moon which is actually six months later so okay so with regards to an Aquarius new moon the Aquarius essence and the Aquarius energy is the rebel it's eccentric humanitarian so you couple kind of a new beginning and these different elements and you can have a bunch of different kind of outcomes from that alchemy so that's why why we look kind of specific to our houses and what it illuminates and what that might bring up Uh, okay Um, okay so for you the aquarius moon would have
2: been in her relationship it would have been in her seventh house
1: So, yeah, it would have been in partnerships, relationships would have been something. And you just spoke to your mother and your grandmother, right? So that was obviously what was illuminated for you. And so as a square, right, because it was square Uranus when I'm talking about, there's other elements aside from just the zodiac sign and the moon. There's obviously planets that are taking on particular positions in the sky. So that Uranus square, Uranus is the one that's going to like destroy and break down mm-hmm. all of the structures that are in place and, and kind of challenge those right. things. So it's kind of dependent upon what's personally happening. But I think on a collective, everyone felt some sort of shift. So whatever you, your grandma, and your mother experienced is probably like just a microcosm of the macro. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's my interpretation. That was good. All right, I'll take it. Good.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, yeah, Aquarius is the sign of the inventor, and it's very creative. It's very very rebellious, you know, it breaks down tradition. So like anything that's not working anymore, it will, you know, you know, wants to up level society Mm. um, to make things better.
1: You know, with regards to breaking down and destroying all the things that are no longer serving you, I found that to be very much the case. Patterns or habits that I personally had that were no longer serving me, it was a lot easier to shake that. And Mm. not have any attachment or like emotions surrounding, oh, but what if, you know, it was kind of a, as a result of it just being time for whatever situation to unfold. It was like, it was very, it was easier, you know, like sure there was tension and there were, you know, emotions surrounding it. But the actual, Mm -hmm. I think, breaking through any of those obstacles was, I think, very encouraged or supported by that new moon Aquarius.
2: Mm. And the new moon is about new beginnings.
1: Yeah. I mean, I should say I know so much about like the fixed and the mutable and like the moon phases, and I'm really trying to learn a lot more about the moon. I'm putting together a lot of moon episodes, and I personally want to do more of this seeding, and then six months later, see what's harvested in that time. Like even thinking about this Leo full moon, I'm wondering like, oh shit, what did I plant in the Leo new moon? Like the Leo new moon was in August of 2019. Yeah. I don't remember. I have no
2: idea. I remember what i did i did something really special also which is why i remember oh i had cuz we were in greece um on our honeymoon and it was a leo moon or leo moon and we walked to this aphrodite's beach and did a ritual for my brother-in-law
1: oh wow. nice That's yeah awesome. you know i just celebrated my favorite holiday j31 and i was j-31. able to recount Like the past 15 years, because you make them special. And I think people do rituals and have all these things around new and full moons because it is time to like anchor and like make something special out of something that actually happens quite frequently. Every month we have a full and a new moon, you know. But yeah, I mean, you
2: could be doing ritual all the time. 100%. You're following nature, you know, every day.
1: I think it's nice with astrology or the zodiac because you can actually start to call in the different energies. So, you know, while the Aquarius new moon was absolutely a different energy than the Leo, you know? So it kind of focuses your ritual and it gives you some kind of- Yeah, um, it
2: focuses. That's exactly right. So it's (laughs) like, and it's a better way to like hone in on the specific energies.
1: And then I think even in recall, you know, like currently being more conscious, like so when the Pisces new moon comes, which is our next new moon, I'll be much more attuned to like wanting to either if, if I don't transcribe or journal it, then at least I'll be that much more aware of like what is Pisces energy, new moon is the beginning and then coupling that together so that six months from now when it's September and the Pisces full moon appears, I can at least draw back on like, okay, so Pisces mm-hmm. is you know the energy of the dream world you know so like what mm-hmm. dreams do i have you know and what dreams would i have planted you know so mm-hmm. yeah seed planting yeah. and seed sowing you know
3: yeah yeah that that definitely resonates for me i think I mean, i'm in a grounding and rooting in part of my life I feel like i'm expecting to receive so
1: we'll see what comes well you're definitely receiving another notch on your years because you're about to have a birthday <laughs> so i know Happy birthday mm. to you! Thank you. <laughs> Anything else? Any other questions that you have, MC? Anything else you want to mention, Astro Cults? Won't be as frenetic, you know, as the new moon for sure. This mm. has
3: been good for me. It's great to like kind of piece together these little bits, um, wisdom that people have been giving me around astrology and understanding these, you know, as above, so below. So it's great every time I talk to you, Rachel, or anyone else about astrology. It's like comes together slowly, and then when I feel it in an embodied way. And I'm walking around in my life and I'm like, oh, that makes so much sense because of what I heard about what's going on in the stars that like really resonates in my life. It is great when it kind of like comes together like that. So it's been a fun journey into understanding. Yeah,
1: definitely. I feel like that's so much of my story. It's more of a hindsight, you know, like a lot of people look to horoscopes for kind of more future predictive. And I'm always interested in like what did happen and then what played out and trying to find parallels and connection between that. Absolutely. Which can be very dangerous because I can find connection in pretty much everything, but oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's enjoyable nonetheless continuing to learn more about myself and this very complex language that is astrology. I'm so at the beginnings. Like I am literally an infant that hasn't even started walking. I'm still crawling. Super great. Right. Cool. Mm-hmm. Well, you're doing so, great. Yeah, you yeah. really
2: are doing great. I'm so proud of you.
1: Thank you. Thank you very much. You know, I like understanding things and I like understanding why people believe things. And I have people that Mm -hmm. are in my close circle that are very strong believers of astrology, but yet still can't give me concrete answers because it's so complicated, you know? So I've kind of gone down this rabbit hole for the past seven months and I'm finding very useful information, you know, and I have a lot mm-hmm. of questions. So the nice thing is I can explore my curiosities and that's leading me to other cosmic connections. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm enjoying it very much. Well, thank you so much, MC, for taking the time and being on the call. The, oh my uh, gosh, you yeah, and as we've got a episode that's coming out next week about MC's craft, which is the loom the weaving. Yeah,
2: cool. And,
1: um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so super excited to share that with the world. And I do mm-hmm. encourage you to check out her Instagram. She's got a lot of amazing weaves that she's done, and uh, she's living her passion at a super young age. You're about to turn. You haven't even turned twenty five yet. You're not even a quarter mm-hmm. of a century. So super <laughs> phenomenal and
3: yeah thank you so much Rachel thank you for answering all my questions and like yeah
2: being open to that no problem you have a nice little chart you should get a full (laughs) reading Mm.
3: oh yeah I I intend to I feel like that's the next step for me maybe a little birthday present
2: yes
1: for sure awesome
3: okay aloha enjoy enjoy Hawaii (laughs) nice
1: to meet you virtually nice to meet you (laughs) until next time
2: Space
0: Court, Space court. Inspired by our natal chart and synastry readings of Britney Spears, Space Court will now utilize Britney's, Gimme More, in our moon introductions. All credit and thanks goes to Britney Spears and her constituents.